From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. And one of the unique things about telemedicine is that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be A, in your office, or B, you know, um, you know, in that kind of mode of seeing patients where you can see patients via telemedicine. You might be at home, you might be able to be, you know, out and about. And that helps you um, just to be able to kind of move through your typical office day if you're someone that sees patients in the, in the traditional setting. That's Dr. Michael Grywe talking about the flexibility of using telemedicine. We'll hear more from Dr. Grywe on virtual care, telemedicine implementation in the COVID-19 era, and how to engage with patients using new technology. But first, a word from our sponsor. One of the easiest ways to improve your patient experience, optimize your workflow, and ultimately increase profits is by working with the MGMA Consulting Group. At MGMA, our consultants average over 30 years of vast healthcare experience and understand that for practices to reach their full potential, there is no such thing as a one-size-fits-all solution. With direct access to the most comprehensive and robust data and benchmarking resources available, the MGMA Consulting Group will provide completely customized and practical solutions, striving to create meaningful change within your organization. Learn more about how we can transform your practice at mgma.com consulting. The COVID-19 crisis has put an emphasis on telehealth and healthcare. Here to explain the importance of telehealth and how to optimize it in your practice is Dr. Michael Grywe, who is Director of Orthopedic Research at OrthoSensi and founder and CEO of OrthoLive and SpringHealth Live. Dr. Grywe, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Dan. I really appreciate it. Yeah, be before yeah, uh, before we get into our topic today, really looking at telehealth and telemedicine, wanted to get an idea of what your day to day has been like, what your focus has been like during the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, it's been uh, you know all hands on deck really for um, making sure that our platform is performing well for our group. So you know we have an orthopedic and um, you know general medicine platform that we leverage to help you know, providers see their patients. And so we really just are making sure that the platform's running smoothly, our servers are running well, and, and uh, just trying to help the most amount of people as possible. For sure. Now, in correspondence that we've had, you've mentioned that telemedicine is already revolutionizing how doctors practice. We've certainly seen a huge uptick in this uh, since the pandemic. MGMA put out a survey to uh, get responses from practices around the country, 97% said they had expanded and increased uh, their telehealth practices since the pandemic hit. Uh, In what ways are you seeing, just beyond more volume, where is this revolution taking place? What are you seeing out there? Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing. I've, I've really been focused kind of in the outpatient setting. 
And what we've seen is that, you know, typical kind of traditional follow-ups, you know, those, those visits where, you know, you're following up on lab tests, maybe you're, you're following up on imaging, um, you know, certain things like that. It's a really great way for physicians to leverage telemedicine. And so physicians are, are using it, A, because I think it, it helps them become a little bit more efficient in the office, and B, you know, for patients, it's way more convenient. And then for the surgical subspecialties, what we're seeing is the post-operative recheck appointments have really been leveraged as well. Um, and so there, there's some you know, unique things people are doing as well in terms of seeing new patients, but really the, the biggest impact I think has been in the outpatient setting really with the follow-ups and the post-operative care. Okay. Now, one of the outcomes of the pandemic, it's, it's been chaos. It's been a lot of crisis for people across the country, but one uh, of the outcomes from a patient's perspective is they've gotten to see the benefits of telehealth and telemedicine. Uh, they've taken advantage of those virtual visits where possible. Um, depending on what happens once things, you know, level out here and CMS has already talked about, you know, rolling back some of that expanded telehealth service that's out there. Uh, the genie's out of the bottle, though. So what are the consumers, what are the patients going to demand then uh, moving forward? Yeah, it's a really great question. I think, you know, we have said it best, you know, the genie's out of the bottle. I think Seema Verma said that in her, you know, CMS report. But it's really been amazing to see the patients latch on to it because, you know, it's given so much access for a lot of patients in our rural communities to be able to find, you know, experts um, you know, it's the urban patients that are a little, you know, afraid of kind of being out. Um, they're using it. And so patients really see the convenience. A lot of patients are being seen from home or from work. Uh, so it's really been, it's been great for the patient. So it's going to be hard, I think, for CMS to be able to roll back all these wonderful expansions for telemedicine because the demand is there now. You know, patients have really seen it. They like it. They enjoy, you know, being on with their doctors this way. So I think it's, it's going to be hard to come back from, uh, from all the expansions that have, ha have happened. Yeah. What is your patient balance been like uh, inpatient versus virtual visits? Um, have you had those patients start to come back into the office or are they all virtual still at this point? Right. So I'm a practicing orthopedic surgeon. And, um, you know, for me, I've seen kind of, um, you know, a, a, dearth of patients really in April. So in April, you know, we kind of hit March and sort of there was a tailing off and I practice in kind of Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati. So we started to see patients really kind of, um, you know, go away from traditional office visits in April and, um, you know, inpatient volume went down significantly. And um, now there's been a little bit of a rebound. So um, things have opened back up. We're seeing patients back in the office, but, you know, probably 10 to 20% of my practice is still virtual. Okay. And so I'm seeing a lot of patients still virtually. Uh, patients are comfortable, you know, being seen that way. And then, you know, surgeries are kind of ramping back up now. So we're kind of back up to a normal surgical volume. But then, you know, with everything that's happening right now, I'm not sure what will happen over the next few weeks. We'll have to see. Yeah. What has that been like for you? I know that technology is something you've embraced. So you understood these platforms, I'm guessing. But as far as educating those patients, making sure they felt comfortable with the technology, they were able to access it okay. What, what was that learning process like? Yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a process for some patients. You know, I think um, 
just the trust factor for telemedicine has never really been there. I think if you look at the past 10 years, telemedicine never really took off. Why? Because it wasn't being implemented inside of our communities. You know, it was kind of something that was out there. It was like Teladoc and MD Live and these larger programs working through insurers and websites. But ultimately, like the average Joe patient just didn't trust it. But now, because you have, you know, practices, primary care physicians and, you know, surgeons using telemedicine, there's all this trust that's built up now inside our communities for telemedicine. And so that trust evolution happened really quickly. I think mm -hmm. it took us, you know, maybe a month or so into the pandemic through March or so to see this latching on that was happening with patients. But I think now, you know, they fully trust their providers to be able to leverage it. And, and that was kind of the biggest hurdle. But now that we're through that, I think people are, are really feeling good about it. Mm -hmm. What about the education of your staff? Were you guys already available to provide these services and have the education for that? Or was there some training and implementation once CMS loosened those regulations? Yeah, I mean, it, my own team was used to it because I've been doing it for a while. But I mean, we, I practice in a 28 um, physician group here in Cincinnati and everybody else had to be trained up, you know, in a matter of, you know, a few days and it was right. chaos. I mean, really it was. And so we were leaning on our platform and, you know, I had a great support crew with my platform kind of reaching out and just making sure that everybody's trained properly and ultimately training for telemedicine. If you're using the right platform, it shouldn't be long. It really mm -hmm. should be like a login and a simple click and that's it for the providers. Um, but you know, there's some anxiety about doing something new. I mean, all physicians, I think, um, you know, you just don't want to change, right? It's, it's built into your body system. Like you can't change, <laughs> right? you know? And so we all like are hesitant to do things that are different, but this is one of these things where you just had to change and you had to change quickly. And so it was incumbent upon all of our staff, uh, you know, put all the resources towards training people up on telemedicine, how to do it well. Mm -hmm. They did a good job and it was hard, but, but they got through it. For sure. Now, you were telling me offline, though, you were a distance runner at Notre Dame back in your college days. I'm sure there's a lot of preparation time. There's a lot of training involved. You don't just run out there and run a marathon first day. How did you kind of take those skills and that mindset into developing technology platforms to make them work and train your team as well? Well, that's a good question. I think um, I leaned on a lot of what I learned as a distance runner. I mean, as a distance runner, you have to keep grinding no matter what's happening. And at the end of a race, you know, you might think you got, you know, a couple laps left when actually you got a you know, mile and a half. And uh, you just kind of have to continue to, um, you know, put your nose down and just keep working hard. And I think sustained effort over time really yields fruitful results. And I think in the distance running, um, you know, community, that's, that's kind of what is really the, the, the best runners end up, you know, just time after time and day after day working hard. Right. So I used a lot of that. And, and, um, you know, we had some, uh, platforms, I think early on that weren't as good and we learned and we, we got better and better. And, and over a three or four year process, we just happened to be ready when, um, the spike hit and, and we did well. So, um, it was, it was just good to see all the, years of effort um, go to help a lot of people. Sure. Now, you mentioned something. You said distance running, it is grinding. And we've experienced this in healthcare. You guys on the front line at practices, you've been grinding now since March um, in a very, as you were saying, 
early on in a chaotic experience. It may or may not be as chaotic depending on where you are in the country right now, but it's still, it's very difficult. It's stressful. So how have you worked with your team then to just kind of help them assimilate to that and, and, and make sense of everything that's going on, all of this chaos that's out there? Yeah, if it, if it wasn't enough that we have so much physician burnout, you know, you throw a pandemic on top of it and you ask, you know, you're asking so much of every provider out there right now, you know, you're, you're just asking them to give more and more and more. And, you know, the staff too, you know, it's not just the physician that's feeling it. It's sort of like this cascade event that goes down and it's hard. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, you ask everybody to dig deep and to try to help um, in the face of a pandemic and, and, you know, give your best. And we all went into medicine for, you know, one reason is to help patients, you know, and so you, you try to tap into that when you're being asked to give another 20 hours a week um, and put yourself in danger. And, you know, I'm fortunate, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, you know, I'm, people are, are not coming to me with, you know, COVID symptoms, but I, I totally respect all the people out there that are, you know, putting themselves in harm's way and, and doing it, you know, adding another 20 hours a week and working so hard. So, uh, but I think, you know, just notifying the staff that it's gonna be a hard few months, hopefully we'll get through this, we'll have a vaccine soon, those were the, the words of encouragement we were trying to give around our office. Sure. Thanks for that. Now, in writing and emailing back and forth, you sent something that's really interesting here. And you said that now that most practices have reopened, patients are now taking those in-office visits that you were talking about earlier. Um, you're looking at ways that doctors can now use telemedicine to improve office visits. So explain that. I'm trying to figure out how how that's helped things. Right. Well, you know, there's some unique ways where telemedicine can actually provide efficiencies for practicing providers. And we touched on sort of burnout a little bit before. And one of the unique things about telemedicine is that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be A, in your office, or B, you know, um, you know, in that kind of mode of seeing patients where you can see patients via telemedicine. You might be at home, you might be able to be, you know, out and about. And that helps you um, just to be able to kind of move through your typical office day if you're someone that sees patients in the, in the traditional setting. And then for, you know, surgeons, there's the post-operative recheck appointments. Those are really helpful when you're trying to kind of move through patients during the day. You can actually see those a lot more efficiently via telemedicine. And so telemedicine just provides a lot of ways for you to be more efficient and, you know, help you get home a little bit earlier, maybe take a little bit of stress off. And I think it's it's important to kind of investigate those as a, as a provider. Okay. Now, we've been using perhaps telemedicine, telehealth interchangeably. How are those different to you? I mean, define those a little bit just so we get a better understanding of how those could be different, how they're, how they're the same. Yeah, I mean, telemedicine and telehealth to me are interchangeable terms. That's kind of the way I look at it. And I'm not sure if you have a, a different way of defining it, but for me, it's Telemedicine and telehealth kind of go uh, go hand in hand. Um, telemedicine is providing you know medical care through the uh, platform of telemedicine, either be asynchronous, which is you know text, or synchronous, which is video. And then telehealth encompasses pretty much everything. It's not just the medical side. It's like you know um, maybe psychology or you know the um, you know, using kind of things from an employer standpoint, maybe you have someone, uh, you know, on the job and you're trying to get advice about an injury, maybe use an athletic trainer. So 
it maybe isn't providing the medication and, and things like that, that that medicine involves, but more you know therapeutic techniques and things like that. So I guess that's how I might define it, but I kind of use the terms interchangeably myself and uh, be interested to kind of hear what you what you guys do. Yeah, we we have really looked at it uh, from the broader perspective where telehealth is really what was defined as having those uh, some of that diagnosis that takes place. And so that got that's what got expanded by CMS. Telemedicine um, has some gray area there, you know, and it, it seems like that has been a little bit more open in the past already. And that's probably where you were communicating with your patients, having some interaction with them, but perhaps not having exactly those uh, full virtual visits where you're given the diagnosis. Um, one thing that kind of dovetails into that is privacy. I mean, we're talking about, you know, it's one thing when you're face-to-face -face with a patient, uh, there's that trust level there that there's going to be some privacy, uh, but now we're communicating through you know, phone, video, whatever that connection may be. How do you remain, keep that privacy, keep compliant there? Yeah, privacy is so important in today's healthcare landscape uh, with HIPAA laws and everything else. And so number one, um, very, very important to use sort of a HIPAA compliant video platform. And, you know, there have uh, been some openings of the telehealth laws uh, out there. And so, you know, we're able to use, you know, certain platforms like Skype and FaceTime um, and bill for those. But ultimately, what you want to have is a secure uh, private platform to work off of. And so there's a lot available out there. You just really want to start, you know, looking at it. if it's going to be a long term goal for your practice, you want to definitely start looking at making sure you have a HIPAA compliant video platform to work from. And then another thing that I think is super important for privacy is just making sure that the consents are there inside your platform or at least inside your office. And so um, one thing that we offer at the um, OrthoLive and Spring Health Live platforms is a consent box that basically can get ticked to say, yes, I consent for telemedicine. And that really obviates any concern that you might have to, you know, for, for the privacy and, and um, you know, I'm treating patients via telemedicine. So I think that's, that is really important as well. Yeah. Um, one other big issue here is prescription drugs. So we're doing all these, if you're doing these virtual, um, what are the factors you have to consider then to make sure you're doing things the right way when prescribing medication? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, prescription drugs to me, um, and this is just my opinion, uh, Mike Grywe, you know, here in Cincinnati, Ohio, but I don't like, you know, prescription drugs via telemedicine. I think it's sort of a tough road to sort of um, navigate. And I'm sure that there are, you know, practices that need to do this. And so, um, you know, you have your rules and, and your regulations and things like that. But as an orthopedic surgeon, it's really hard to pinpoint pain uh, without, you know, getting that touch and feel. And so for me, it was, uh, it was a challenge. I, I, we, we just don't do it inside our practice and kind of with our platform. But, but I think it is a, um, it's a worthy uh, uh, commentary on, on, you know, how do you manage that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because opioid addiction, obviously, you're well versed in that being an orthopedic surgeon, knowing the patients perhaps coming in with some pain issues. Uh, so that could be a, a real problem that you have to be aware of for sure, right? No question. I mean, that is really the primary um, worry and concern that I have with telemedicine and prescription drugs is 
how do you, you know, prevent that from happening? Um, you know, A, there may be uh, times where, you know, patient really does have pain and, and you need to help them with that. Um, and B, you might have a drug seeker potentially. And, and how do you uh, ferret that out without being in person? It's really hard to do that. So uh, I just think it's, it's a challenge. It's something we need to be acutely aware of as uh, practicing physicians and, and practitioners out there. We just got to be, be careful about this. Okay. Um, one of the other issues related to telemedicine is reimbursements. Our MGMA community has been very vocal about that. They've asked us a lot of questions, seeking answers, figuring out how do I get reimbursement? How do I uh, continue to maximize revenue? Um, so talk to us about that. What's, what's, what, are, what is at stake here? How can um, practices use telemedicine to even potentially increase revenues? How, how is that possible there? Right. And, you know, early on the pandemic, I mean, telemedicine is the only thing kind of keeping the lights on in a lot of practices. And so um, it has been really helpful, I think, in just keeping things going. But there are ways for telemedicine to um, expand your horizons, really, as a group. Um, one of the things I always talk about, um, you know, in orthopedics is, you know, urgent cares, uh, having virtual urgent cares, um, partnering with, um, you know, smaller urgent cares that, that may need orthopedic triage. Um, you know, having a virtual urgent care is a great way to uh, see a patient for the first time and then have them, you know, continue to see you um, after, you know, you've sort of said, you know, I think this is what's going on. And obviously, um, you know, maybe I, I can't get a great exam, but you ought to come in and, and you know, get an x-ray or, or whatever the case may be. And the same thing in sort of general medicine, having the ability to see new patients is a great way to be able to, you know, track that patient over a lifetime and, and have that patient be uh, a part of your healthcare community. So um, I really think there are great ways for us to kind of improve and increase revenue uh, through telemedicine. There's also a remote care monitoring that's happening now, Dan, which is great because now uh, practices can check in on patients as people that really need our help. Uh, on a frequent basis and they can bill for that as well. And so that's another way that you can increase your revenue via telemedicine. So there's some great opportunities out there that I think will end up, you know, changing um, the landscape for certain practices and others may not respond and may, may have more difficulty. For sure. Um, with telemedicine, it does seem like in many ways that the future is here now, you know, we've suddenly uh, pushed a fast forward button yeah. and we're, we're in the thick of this. So, I know that you've mentioned this to me uh, previously in an email, but you're a proponent that telemedicine can help practices grow in the future. Uh, talk about that. How can practices embrace that and make it work for them? Yeah, I think this goes to really the way that consumers operate right now. They, they operate really in a mobile world. They operate online. And so if you were to, let's say, open up virtual visits on your website or open it up via, you know, an app that would allow you to have a patient schedule. It's going to open up things for you in the future that will allow patients to gravitate towards your practice. And that can happen in your local community. It might happen statewide. Um, it just gives you the ability to grow because patients can now find you anywhere. And that's really, I think, what the most important thing about telemedicine is. It allows patients who need to see particular providers that easy access. If they can find you, you know, whether it's an app or, or over the web, 
and then they can schedule with you, it just gives you the ability to grow your practice immensely. So that's kind of what I was referring to about that growth in the future, because more and more patients are going to look online to find that right specialist, that right um, general, general medicine provider. Okay. Um, I want to get a final thought from you. I want to really look at how practices can optimize telemedicine and telehealth. Um, as I had mentioned earlier, MGMA did a uh, survey of their uh, members and talked to practices. 97%, as I said, um, have increased the use of telehealth and telemedicine during this pandemic. So it's implemented. Now that it's been implemented, how can they optimize it? What are, what are the things that need to be done, some of those steps that they need to take to make this work for them? Uh, well, the first thing and probably the most important for optimization is integration, okay? So like you got to integrate to the EHR and PM systems because what's happening right now when people are scheduling visits is that they're having to schedule in both platforms just doesn't make any sense and it's not really um, adequate use of resources and time. So first things first, I think um, more platforms are going to need to integrate. I think that's really critical. Um, it's something that, you know, sort of our platforms do, and it's important for the rest of the platforms out there to do too, to be honest, because, you know, we just can't have resources devoted to putting, you know, two things in one place or one thing in two places, I guess. And so that's important. And then the second thing that I think is really important is for, you know, you got to get the word out. You know, we got to have to market some of this to the patients to make sure they know how to use telemedicine. Um, so that's, that's another thing. And then I think the third thing for providers really is to find specific points and times in their day where um, using telemedicine is, is, is a good time. So maybe it's the very beginning of the day, maybe it's at the end of the day, and some providers might find it useful to have it through the middle of the day when they have downtime. Um, so, you know, finding that sweet spot is, is really important. And then lastly, I think um, having maybe a, a physician champion, somebody that you can turn to that knows the platform really well and, you know, internally can, can drive forward telemedicine inside the practice is a really key component too. So I think those are kind of the four things that come to mind. Um, I think integration though, without a doubt, is kind of the number one thing that's going to make telemedicine more user-friendly for, for everybody. All right. Well, Dr. Grywe, I Really appreciate you joining us today and sharing these thoughts. So thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to MGMA Consulting for sponsoring this week's show. To learn more about how consulting can transform your practice, go to mgma.com slash consulting. Also, thanks to our guest, Dr. Michael Grywe. You can hear more experts discussing how technology can help optimize your practice at MGMA's Virtual Medical Practice Excellence Conference in October. Be sure to register for the event at mgma.com slash mpec. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or experts you'd like us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com or find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. MGMA Insights is presented by Declan McGee, Rob Ketchum, and I'm Daniel Williams. 
stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights Podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.